Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And Nate is back as we do a redux, a remix of Dune the movie. You still have no idea how to say that word. <laughs> nope, no I don't. We visit Dune and the planet of Arrakis all over again because I listened to the first episode <laughs> and said, we must discuss more. We talk about the score and Hans Zimmer for a good portion of this episode, and I think that was warranted. We talk about Paul Atreides, the main character in this, and if we liked Timothy Chalamet's acting. <laughs> so good. Didn't know I wanted to add that word after the word Timothy Chalamet. And, you know, we talk about sandworms again, too. Because why not? All this and more fears the mind killer on Movies on the Side. Well, we are back for a Dune Redux. Redux? Deus Ex? How do you say that, Nate? What, what is it? Is it a, is it a, is it a Redux? It's a part two of the Dune. I'm not jumping into this part. I'm not even going to save you in this. You uh, have to, to swim out of the deep end <laughs> that you came from. Oh, this is our second part of Dune, yeah. I am so interested in how you will name this episode because yeah. there will be a Dune part two. Right, I can't do that. So what are you gonna what are you gonna do for our title here? Dune parentheses with Nate this time? Uh maybe. You know, it's funny because our listeners will see what I've ultimately named it. But right now in this moment, I'm thinking either Dune Reduch Redux. <laughs> Or Dune Remix. I'm not sure. I might like the idea of Remix. Maybe Dune Unplugged? How about Dune Feach Nate? Like I'm like rapping <laughs> like during an part of it. Yes. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'll, I'll see. Our listeners obviously will, will look in their podcast player. But, you know, we thought about doing other movies and stuff. You know, Jordan and I, we had a lot of fun talking about Dune in the last episode. But there's so much to talk about. I've seen so many TikToks about Dune and I've read like Wikipedia articles. Something about this movie, I don't know, I just got sucked in. It stays with you, don't it? It does. Because you even texted me, you were like, you saw it a couple days ago as we record. And you were like, if you had not said, let's talk about Dune again, you would have insisted. You said we have to do it. Right. That is partly because of the movie of Dune and partly because I now empathize with people who listen to our podcast and yell at the podcast player because I had a lot of thoughts and I was like, I need my thoughts to be heard. <laughs> so you were yelling at the podcast of Jordan. And I, I was yelling it. at you and Jordan. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, well, I what, what, and I have things to say. You know, I don't even know where to start. I do. You know where to start? Okay, go ahead. Let's talk about some of your things from the last podcast, because this is important to me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is this episode just going to be you? No, no. Like this, a, is, objection this is two minutes, <laughs> this is two minutes of my rebuttal to things. Okay. And then I have I have a lot of notes I wrote down, so maybe I could even guide this episode a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. But Let's first, I have to say to you, you said at some point in time in the last episode. <laughs> it's very accusatory. The spoilers <laughs> to the last episode. You said, sir. And I have a quote. <laughs> I never knew that it was a part one. If they had told me that there was okay. a part two coming. All right, all right, all right. I do right. have to say, in the theater, the title card is Listen, Dune. Okay, but for one. context, I was watching this with my entire family, which probably traumatized my children anyway, uh, in a cabin. All, wait, I was back and forth. You watched this movie with your whole family? I know the ages of your kids. <laughs> yeah, I did. I realized it was probably Steven. a bad idea afterwards. <laughs> I realized it was a bad idea afterwards. But I 
just so our listeners know and you know, I actually rewatched this movie. I watched the whole movie a second time Whoa. here at home because I felt like I needed to like soak it in again mm. because there was so much talk in the sphere, whatever you call it, like the internet. Right. <laughs> there was right, just right. so much talk around the internet. I just had to watch it again. And so I saw the title card on my second viewing. I was like, ah, poop. It says <laughs> uh, part one. <laughs> got it. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So there is that. I actually watched this movie. My background, I'll just say my background right now is yeah. I watched this movie in theaters with my wife, who is 80% of the way through the book. And when I finished right. when I finished watching this movie in theaters, I immediately said to her, I have about 10 questions <laughs> that I will need explained to me right now. And that was very, very helpful. I recommend everyone who sees the movie Dune, either use the internet or, if possible, use a friend who's read the book in the last year who can answer some questions for you. Yeah, because even one of the one of the first things of the movie tells you like 10,000 something AD. And so when Jordan and I talked about it, we were like, oh, this is like 10,000 years in the future. But apparently... No, it wasn't read, AD. It's like AC or something. It's something it's ridiculous. Acronym. Yeah. And it's like after it, a king's reign that uh, happened yeah. like 20,000 years ad so we're at something like 30 yeah which is so complicated but anyway okay go ahead okay i actually had that as my note that's very good um yeah. okay also i do have to say you guys were great together thank you great thank job you. jordan yes. i thought you guys did an excellent job but i do have to say mm-hmm. i found the episode missing you brought on your child yeah. and yet I'm here to bring the childlike wonder in this movie because I feel like I listened to two people who were afraid to love the movie Dune in different parts. And I'm not saying it's the best movie in the world, but I have some things that I watched in theaters and thought, this is very, 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 very cool. Okay, well, here's the other thing. The TV on which I watched this movie was a 42-inch Spectre Ray TV. Tube. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bad TV. And it had bad sound. Like, it was not <gasps> good sound. Oh, no. I realized, like, I had to put captions on and put the volume at, like, 83 out of 100 because oh, I could barely Steven. hear anything. And so I I didn't realize that it was a mistake to try and view it oh. on that. So watching well, it Well, let's home, start right there, Stephen. Yeah. P.S. Yeah. This is... This is the spoiler episode. This is the spoiler. So this is all spoilers yeah, all the time. All spoilers, if you want to hear non-spoiler stuff, go to the last episode. Right. Part one, not part one. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the music in oh this goodness. movie. Oh my goodness. Hans Zimmer. Hans? He's unstoppable. He's unstoppable. <laughs> okay, so here's some things. Yeah. Here's what it's like. Hans Zimmer did the score, or the sc- I don't even call it the score. I don't know. The soundscape of the mas- this movie. The masterpiece. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> that was Steven's tube and throat singing. <laughs> okay here's what i here's how i picture it happened i picture that denny villanueve daniel villanueve <laughs> i think it's a denny it is it's pronounced that it's french denny oh denis. really oh uh, well yeah. <laughs> who's the dune now i guess okay go ahead yeah how dare you okay <laughs> I'm, I bet he came with Hans. He came to Hans Zimmer and said, "Listen, I know sometimes you compose mm. to you know you have the William Tell Overture. You have to put in Lone Ranger. You have these different themes you have to include because you're doing you know the Blade Runner right remix or whatever. This one just kind of do whatever you want. Mm. And I feel like Hans Zimmer was given carte blanche <laughs> of what he wanted to do because yeah. he 
went out there. Yeah. He made some choices. I have a couple quotes here. Zimmer says, I felt like there was a freedom to get away from a Western orchestra. Mm. He said recently, speaking in a Warner Brothers office, I can spend days making up sounds. The resulting soundtrack might be one of Zimmer's most unorthodox and most provocative. Along with synthesizers, you can hear scraping metal, Indian bamboo flutes, Irish whistles, a juddering drum phrase that Zimmer calls an anti-groove, what? seismic rumbles of distorted guitar, a war horn that is actually a cello, and singing that defies Western music notation. I just got chills, Nate. I just got chills as you read that. <laughs> Like yes, 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 amazing. One of the scenes when they're arriving at Arrakis. Oh yeah, the scene is announced with a drone of bagpipes. Yes, <laughs> it was generated by a battalion of thirty Highland pipers playing in a converted church in Scotland. <laughs> Ear protection had to be worn because the volume reached one hundred and thirty <laughs> decibels, the equivalent of an air raid siren. <laughs> that is incredible. That's so amazing. Hans Zimmer was just given free reign, and apparently Hans Zimmer has loved the book since he was a boy, and has oh, been like, dreaming of how to like orchestrate what's the sounds of Dune. He never watched uh, David. Yeah, what's his name? David Lynch, uh, his 1984 version, because he's like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my like thoughts of this. Probably better that he didn't. Yeah, and he was so excited to do Dune. He turned down Christopher Nolan's Tenant in order to do this movie. Wait, who did who did the Tenant? Who did Tenant? I don't know. I thought that was Hans Zimmer. Okay, never mind. I don't know. Maybe, not. Maybe Hans Zimmer gave a final check mark on it. I don't know. But I just have to say, in theaters, oh yeah, I was at times oh, <laughs> very close to putting my own hands to my ears. The sounds that come out of this movie, especially in a theater, both beautiful, disturbing, jarring, disorienting. Mm. All of it comes across in a way that, like my brain which is used to movies being scored a certain way with a certain type of orchestra and a certain type of swelling sound it made it feel like an out of world experience and that is where i want to start because i hope that on second viewing you actually had some good old-fashioned like airpod pros or something in yeah, well, oh my goodness. First of all, Tenant Music was done by Ludwig Göransson, so yeah, not Hans Zimmer. I feel like the score of Dune might be like Hans Zimmer's magnum opus. Like, mm. it is so, like you're saying, so different. I also saw one of the jokes on TikTok was like, <laughs> 30,000 years in the future and the one instrument that stands is the bagpipe <laughs> like, of all the right. instruments that make 30,000 years. But no, the score is incredible. As I was watching it at home with like a good sound system, I was like, oh, this music is a masterpiece. I didn't even realize that. Mm. And I've also listened to the soundtrack now, and it's like, this is all amazing. When Atreides arrives on Arrakis, and it's that bagpipe Mm -hmm. thing, it is incredible. And then the singer, you know, there's this girl on TikTok. I'm telling you, again, like all of my Dune backstory now is from that app. TikTok. (laughs) So, but there's this girl, I have to send you this video because it's incredible. Is she the person who did like 
most like recording of a bunch of sounds overlaid on top of each other and did a bunch of recordings that they because at some point in time Hans Zimmer found a woman who does like a bunch of chant singing. I well, I don't know, but this girl, she records just stuff singing in her bathroom because that's half uh-huh. of TikTok anyway. Right. But Dune, like the official account on TikTok found her and like reposted it. I just need you to watch this video like for two seconds because we're talking okay. about the score and it's like it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And so, like, she kills it. Dune reposted her thing. And, like, that's awesome. Yeah, I just, the music is incredible. I'm just totally with you. Hans Zimmer, I already loved everything he did. And this just cements him as, like, the composer for today. Well, yeah. and But I have to say, like, it is, it takes me to the verge of, please make it stop. (laughs) Like, there are times where it's just, like... I need like a little piece at the moment. But it's I think it's really cool that yeah. like in the fight scene later there's not a peep. It is it is silent. So apparently Villanueva does his editing of his movies without a score. So just uses the you know what's caught in camera I think okay. and then adds it in later which apparently is a unique uh, part of the editing that he does but okay i have a couple other smaller things okay and then i want to get to like some major points that i want to talk yes, about yes yes yeah. i absolutely agree oscar isaac's beard is <laughs> amazing that's the amazing. other half that's the other half of tiktok of like middle, middle-aged ladies saying is this am i attracted to this <laughs> yes, yes yes i am yes the answer is yes yes and I the am. answer i can speak from my own wife yes the answer is yes <laughs> It's the best beard, maybe ever. It might be the, <laughs> the it might be the best Oscar Isaacs ever. Yeah, yeah, There's that's true. That's an awakening true. across the the world. Um, <laughs> also, I do have to say though, as great as a beard is, yeah, the impractical nature of having a beard in a desert planet, where you're trying to wear a mask and you're trying to like preserve water. <laughs> that's true. You better be wringing out that beard at the end of the day because there's some sweat in there. <laughs> If you had to recycle your beard sweat, Stephen, I feel like uh, you could live for a while. Oh, but the suits, though, like with the beard, like whatever that armor Mm. suit is that they arrive in, plus beards, coolest look. It's the coolest look ever. It's it's a really, really cool look. Yeah, Yeah. it's got to be super hot, though, on this hot planet. (laughs) It's got to be super hot. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, next thing. Uh, You guys had mentioned using the hooks to ride the worms. Yes. I do have to say, apparently... It, we will see in the future it's a big deal when paul atreides goes to like hook his first worm it's like a rite of passage <laughs> sort of thing but you you hook them between the scales okay of their little worm self and the reason why you're able to ride them is that the worms once they sense that their scales have been pried apart can't dive into the sand oh, because they don't want sand goodness. to get inside of there Oh, wow. So that's how they get to stay above the sand, and you can kind of steer based on where you put the hooks. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So that you can, like, stay on top. And apparently, so that the the, the doctor, the ecologist, was, yes. before she got brutally murdered, yeah, yeah. Uh, was planning to do her a little, do some riding. I realized that on the second viewing, like, she put that thumper out because she was going to ride yeah, the she, sand. Yeah, she had, like, both hooks out, and yeah. she was ready to go before she got That would have been yeah, epic, too. No good. So very sad, yeah. Okay, other things. This is something I learned from my wife from the book, is that the Chris knife that's made of the tooth. Of Shai Halud. 
Tooth of Shalud. Jordan remembered every name of everything. In yeah, I was I very, impre- I was very impressed. Yeah. It requires blood when you unsheath it. Wait, excuse me. The the knife the, the <laughs> it requires blood. What do you what do you need to explain? What do you mean it requires? Well, blood? I don't know what it means. It requires. It just requires blood. Thus, remember in the movie where they when they all take their swords out and then they quickly like give themselves a little cut. Yeah, on yeah. The wrist. Right. That's what like in order to unsheath the weapon, there needs before you can put it back in it, you need to give it some blood. I don't know if well, it, like, is that like a religious thing? Is that a religious thing or is it a practical I like? I don't know. Okay, all right. I am unsure. Okay, the so that's a little something for you. <laughs> okay, now let's talk about the the Bene Gesserit people because like you right. guys didn't talk that much about it, and I had a lot of questions about them. What are their abilities? What right. is their are thing? they X? Are they X Men? Are, are they, they just X-Men? like old ladies? Like what is the what is the power right. here? They seem to have so they have like the voice, the thing that like yes, you voice. can control to make people do what you want, sort of That's thing. Right. But apparently, they've been sort of guiding their like the vizier, like behind the scenes to the sultan, sort of thing, where they're just like right. guiding the course of history. And their whole thing is they're trying to eventually like breed a you know messianic figure that will like from their order will like rule the universe or whatever so they're trying to like kind of guiding in and out obviously if you can convince people what to do with your voice like you're pretty powerful it's a pretty powerful ability so anyway it's all women right all women all the time because and then you can train your daughter because you can choose apparently in this age whether you want to have a boy or a girl you have like apparently such great control over your body that you can just be like i'm going to have a girl so rebecca jessica uh, Lady Jessica decides to have a boy and teach him, which is kind of like no, no, you're not supposed to do this. But oh. she kind of thinks, all right, he could be, he could be this, this, the one, you know, Messiah, like the, the one, the but Neo. Here's the weird thing: they, which is kind of goes as far as the interesting part of prophecies, is that they went out. This Bene Gesserit group went out a long time ago to different planets and like planted missionaries at different ones to like start these religions and start these. Um, uh, like prophecies so that in the future their order could fulfill their own you know they knew that oh they wait some sort of so wait a religious minute. belief the the so the prophecy is just like somebody got there a long time ago and started the a long thing? time exactly exactly so it's not really like From a prophecy because the they were talking about the Bene Gesserit people like planting seeds oh, okay. so that he can succeed on there sort okay, of thing. So yeah, okay. it's not an it's not a group outside of that like they created their own. And then eventually it becomes over time lore and superstition and like wow. well known prophecy. That's next level manipulation. That's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to say the one scene I skipped when watching it with my family was when Paul Atreides is like with the Mother Bene Gesserit in that room. Oh, and she puts the she puts his hand the, in the box. The ganja bar on his <laughs> neck and says, <laughs> "Yeah, don't move. Pain. It'll kill you." Like I didn't know what was about to happen in that scene. There was like creepy voices in the background as he, like he was uh-huh. walking in. So I was like, so "We're you, gonna skip yeah, this." Okay, I don't know. It's scary, scary. But watching it back, you know, it does add a lot to the story because she was testing him. Right. You know, she says this line about you know an animal caught in a trap will gnaw its own hand off or whatever. Right. And she was like seeing if he had enough self control, which I have got to know what that box does to your hand. I mean, it just looked like a box. Not good things. Yeah, not good <laughs> not things, good apparently. Things, but pretty intense. It's also the time where I think sort of a negative of the movie is that, man, at times it's hard to hear the script. Yeah. There, there's so much going on. Hans Zimmer doesn't care if you can hear words. <laughs> 
Uh, he's, he's he's not he, he's not here for words and there's yeah, a lot yeah. of chanting and there's a lot of stuff happening in different like either made up or real languages yeah that it's like all right was i supposed to understand it was that english but i do have to repeat the little the little mantra thing because i thought like it's pretty good in this like the very end of it i love it is that she says it during this scene lady jessica i must not fear fear is the mind killer fear is the little death yeah. that brings total obliteration i will face my fear i will permit it to pass over me mm. and through me mm-hmm. and when it has gone past i will turn the inner eye to see its path where the fear has gone there will be nothing only i will remain I love this idea of like the fears coming. I'm letting it yeah, yeah. go sift right through me. That was the book Second Dune, chapter three, verse two. That was where that yes. first came from. Thank you for coming today. It's a book club. <laughs> we'll now be passing the offering plate. <laughs> I will face my fear and permit to pass over me and through me. Yeah, the, a confusing thing. Maybe you can understand this more after watching it two times. Is that for as great as I as we think Rebecca Ferguson is, mm-hmm. I was often confused by her motivations in this movie because I wasn't quite sure. Like, what do you what do you want to happen? Like, you want him to become like the 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 leader, or you're protecting him, or like yeah, I think I'm often confused. She seems shaken most of the time when she's not, you know being baller and fighting yeah i think she wants her son to be the one like she believes he is the one and wants him to be that so i I think that's her motivation throughout yeah i mean that that was like when she was talking to the scary mother lady you know it was like she was trying to convince her that he could be the one and to keep him safe or whatever right so and it works because then the mother goes to a dr octopus Stellan Starsguard, right, and says, "Don't kill him. Don't touch him." Right. Who uses suspensors to keep himself aloft? (laughs) That was the Wikipedia article I read. Was like, what was on his back? (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) So he was floating. He he's not super tall. Those suspenders. (laughs) Halfway through him talking, while he's in the misty, uh, misty. He's in the sauna. He's in sauna. Yeah. In the sauna is. What do I know that voice from? And then I could hear it. Right. Part of the crew. Part of the ship. Stab the heart. Kill Davy Jones. And it's Will. It's Bootstrap Bill. <laughs> it's Bootstrap Bill. But I will have to say the makeup job on Stella and Starsguard mm. is pretty incredible. I, I saw it. T- like he was yeah. in hours of makeup anytime he shot. Yes. Because, yes, yes. Yeah. Because he was also like naked. So, you know, the makeup has to be good. <laughs> You got it. You you can't hide it in the scene. Yeah, you can't hide it under clothes. Yeah, the end of your suit. Okay, so let's talk real quick because you guys didn't talk that much about Paul Atreides, Mm, Timothy Chalamet. What did you think about him as a main character? Did you like him? Did you root for him? Did you want him to not kill that guy at the end? Do you like find his motivations likable? So I also read like articles about the rise of Timothy Chalamet. And apparently it was there was like one other movie that was like one of his breakout roles, Call Me By Your Name. Yes. I guess it was like a 2017 movie. And that was like one of his big breakouts. And now this. This is like the second big. I mean, he was in Little Women. He was in Little Women also. But the articles I was reading were saying that yeah, those yeah. were like his two breakout roles, Dune and then that one. Rewatching it, it feels like he is a young actor and like he has a very glorious career ahead of him if he continues like to improve and be an actor i liked him on screen i think on screen he looks incredible like obviously like Mm -hmm. he looks great and some scenes were like really really good 
And then the scene when he's like in the tent with his mom and he's like trying to be real intense. Mm-hmm. It feels a little more like he's acting. Like when he's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think it was like 80-20. He's doing a really good job on screen standing there looking attractive like he does. And then, you right. know, 20%. Yeah, you're kind of acting a little bit. So mm. that, that's what I that's what I felt. How did you feel? Yeah, I think he's he's best in sort of the melancholy and the trudging around. Yeah, or in the like looking at his dad, which I think is a great moment when oh yeah, Oscar Isaac like says. And if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. Every son and like has felt that line. This. Yeah, every son has felt that line. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think like him looking, like him, like slightly smiling. He does a lot of great face acting. Yeah. Right. It's the when the script has to like rise to it when he ramps up the emotion. It did feel a little yeah. bit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine going forward. I mean, oh yeah. I think he's he's looks the part perfectly yeah absolutely we don't know if zendaya did we discover if it was zendaya or zendaya oh i'm sorry people at home i've been saying zendaya because i thought you told me that's what it was whatever i told you was correct yeah zendaya yeah 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 someday (laughs) we will hear her speak more than in 20 (laughs) lines that was actually yes before we walked into the theater jill said to me i need to warn you about this movie and i'm thinking like all right all right, there's going to be like a, a terrible beheading in there that's going to shock me. She's right. just giving me forewarning. She said to me, with all of the grace of a wife who cares about her husband, says, I need to tell you, Zendaya's in this movie for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so if you're expecting to get a lot of Zendaya in here, you will not. <laughs> and then, you know what? Thank you. Because I was ready. To, I, there was more of her in it than I thought. There was, we, I don't know, can we go to Romance Corner? Can we look over at Romance Corner for a second? For two people that look at each other so much in visions? I, the one, Seems fine. The most hilarious thing that I saw on TikTok was like, I didn't know Dune was basically Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson, a cameo by every other character, and a seven-minute perfume commercial for Zendaya. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> like it basically sums up, sums up the movie. But I mean, Romance Corner is like they have one interaction. You know, she says, "I wouldn't have let you hurt my friends." And right here's my here's my Chris knife. Here's my Chris knife. And uh, you're probably gonna die, die with honor. He, don't yeah. worry, he'll make it fast. Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think there was even any emotion in those lines. <laughs> I mean, right. There's more emotion in the visions of her staring at him. You know, right. With so, the blue eyes. With the blue eyes. Another thing, Javier Bardem. Yeah, I still like him. Yeah, he's great in this movie. Yeah, I'm with you <laughs> in your opinion. Thank I you. think he, I think he is amazing. I think his character is really good. Yeah, he's like a more serious kind of guy, but he did remind me a little bit of again going back to Doc Ock in the Prince of Persia movie, who has the the guy who's out there racing the ostriches. Oh, I did have a moment of him being like this powerful guy sort of in the underworld. <laughs> yes. I'm very excited for the next movie where we get to see the Fremen's like yes. whole civilization. Yes. In place. I agree. And I'm looking forward to seeing Javier Bardem more, hopefully, like kind of leading some of the, the Fremen thing. Yeah. I loved how when that guy wanted to fight Paul Atreides, Javier Bardem was like, bro, let's just go. Like, let's just get out of here, and we can settle this later. <laughs> like, why are you being like this? You may not challenge Esayadina. Then who will fight in her name? Jamis, don't do this. Don't. The night is fading. Then the sun will witness this death. 
I do have to say that choreography in the fight. Yes. Was really, really good. I think as I'm getting more and more of a tiny bit of fatigue of really a superhero-y, like I'm fighting six bad guys mm. as I flip around them. There are a lot of flips these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they started with Black Widow back in the day, and now we're just getting everyone's taking people down with flips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was nice to have a scene that was kind of like rough and what felt more accurate and not super flashy and flippy and really like, oh, these people are going to die with, with knives. Yeah. I thought that was a very good way to sort of end it. Yeah, nothing nothing felt like flywire or like weird right floating around so no no it was re- it was a great fight scene i thought i thought the action was good jason momoa i don't know him without a beard kind of threw me off i think yeah me too <laughs> me too i was kind <laughs> of i was there was something about him i was looking at him and i was like hmm honestly you know what it is in this 30,000 years in the future world with the amazing music mm-hmm. oscar isaac with the beard timothy chalamet with the look Jason Momoa, I think, actually felt a little out of place. Him and Dave Bautista, it felt like a little bit like, wait a minute, you guys are in superhero movies. I don't know if you belong here in the desert. You don't get to be here in this one. (laughs) Right. It felt a little like that. I kind of had that same feeling that Dave Bautista, I couldn't not see him as just the actor covered in makeup. They're, like he never disappeared yeah. into a role, probably because he didn't have much to do. Maybe he will have more to do in the future. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of maybe that's yeah the same thing for Jason Momoa is like you might be for the part you play, you might be too big of an actor or like too recognizable or too like I just pictured you fight as Aquaman so much that maybe he it, it was like he was Aquaman in this movie and Dave Bautista was Drax <laughs> like they were like those characters in this movie or something. they were just around doing their stuff yeah yeah I didn't really need it that much in this movie we have to wrap it up here yeah yeah real yeah. soon yeah, but yeah. I do have to ask yes what were your overall thoughts on the Sandworms like what were you did you did you like them did you want more of them I think. Watching it a second time, it was a good amount of sandworm. I'm looking forward to seeing more of them in future movies and writing of sandworms. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I think George Lucas got the Sarlacc pit from the Dune novel. I'll tell yes. you that. I'll tell you yes. that. <laughs> That's where that came from. Yes. But I, I think it was cool. The one scene where the sandworm like comes out of the ground and stares at <laughs> Paul Atreides and his mom. Honestly, uh-huh. it's very effective. Like it's a very like. You know, it feels larger than life. Yeah, you can tell it was a storyboard of this giant circular worm mouth. So, yeah, I I liked it, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. Why? You did not like the worms? No, I I really did like them. I was, for whatever reason, I was a lot more scared of them (laughs) when, at the very beginning, when they were, like, coming for that harvester... Oh, that yeah, spice yeah, harvester, yeah, that and it was like just sand coming up, cl- you know, close by. Yeah. There was something I was expected to be more fearful when they were running on the sand, trying to outrun the worm later on. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I it was a little anticlimactic for me for the worms, but overall, very very cool. I'm very excited yeah. about the worms. Well, Nate, you have to rate this movie because I yes. rated it in the last episode. So on a scale of shy halud teeth, mm-hmm. how many teeth you give this thing? I think I'm gonna give Dune. I'm going to give Dune four teeth. Wow, and here's why. Teeth. Yeah, that's good. I think when I would have left the theater, I think I would have gone with Jordan and said three and a half. <laughs> but it's it stays with me because this, 
I mean, obviously, this is a classic piece of literature yeah. from a sci-fi perspective. And like, this, there's a reason why they keep remaking this. And my introduction to Dune was the Dune 2000 video game, Command and Conquer style. <laughs> but I forgot about that one. That's good. The world stays with me. I want to read the book. It is quite a long movie. It takes its yeah. sweet time. It is really just meant to, I believe in Villanueva's own words, meant to be just a delicious appetizer for more to come. It's a long appetizer. It is the equivalent of Frodo and Sam getting in a boat. Yes. About to head on their journey to Mount Doom. Yes. But this time, I'm an adult and I was prepared and I knew that this was just part one. Don't expect it to have an, an amazing ending. Yeah. And so that makes all the difference. I really enjoyed it. I don't probably want to watch it as quickly as you did in return, but I am captivated by the world and the story and the lore and the mythos yes. behind it. Yeah. I want to know more about Arrakis. I want to know more about the Fremen people. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm excited for a new movie. And I think all of the cool action and the, the beautiful visuals and Hans Zimmer being Hans Zimmer, <laughs> for me, actually all goes second fiddle to the fact that like I feel like this is doing a good job of making me believe there is another world. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me seeing it a second time was I'm glad it's being made like this in this way, taking its time. It's an epic story and seeing clips from the old Dune movies. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm glad it's being done right. Like I think this <laughs> right. is being done right now and I'm excited. I'm excited for part two. And I think I agree. This is a good movie. It's very good. It's also very good that this is coming out. I believe it's greenlit for like 2023. Yes, I like the yes. fact that I believe like in the story, there's a lot of jumping ahead quite a bit yeah uh so you can actually literally have the actors look you know a couple years older exactly so that's great well listeners let us know what you thought comment on our instagram at movies on the side you can follow us there also you can support the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side or write an apple podcast and you get access to our bonus episodes where nate and i did a little hotel talk and if you haven't yet we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review in apple podcasts and as we always say there is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. The emperor asked us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts. Atreides. 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 That was, Atreides. That was a good scene. That was a good scene. <laughs> we are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts. Atreides! 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 Good to be back. It's good, it's good to have you back. That was a lot of fun. <laughs>